0: Hello, Raw Beauties. I am so, so excited for today's guest. I do not think that there could be a better time to have him joining us. Terry Real is a nationally recognized family therapist. He is the founder of the Relational Institute and his work has been widely acclaimed in helping couples, supporting relationships. I think in this moment of time, this work is so important as couples everywhere are being tested. Uh, So I have so many questions for him. Terry's work has been featured on Oprah, the Today Show, CNN, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal. I mean, literally everywhere. You are the guru at this. You've been doing it for over 30 years.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. We're not going (laughs) to say how many over, but yeah, I've been doing this for a while.
0: And are you in a relationship yourself?
1: I am in a marriage of 36 years.
0: Wow. Okay. So you're walking the talk over there.
1: Two grown boys, one gay, one straight, one thirty-three, one
0: thirty. Wow. Beautiful. Well, I have to say, I think we've had maybe only one other man on the show. I primarily talk to women. I have I grew up in a family of girls, three, three of us. So much of the work I do around is around body positivity and confidence and self-love. And the relationship that we have with ourselves. However, oh, the relationship with ourselves is so intertwined with the relationship that we have with our partners. And so in this moment of time right now, I am noticing that couples, partnerships, intimate relationships are being tested in, in a lot of ways a lot of beautiful things are coming out of relationships, but I'm also seeing a lot of couples who are struggling. And so I was so excited to have the opportunity to kind of dive into your mind and your field of work to help support the women who listen to this podcast in regards to their own relationships.
1: I love it. You know, uh, I'm delighted to be one of the few men you have. I'm great friends with my colleague Esther Perel. I don't know if you know her. Yes. Uh, and yeah. uh, and she uh, went off to a men's uh, weekend with uh, every man in the group for men, and was the only woman they've ever had. So uh, I'm happy to reciprocate.
0: I think it's important that we're like branching out because we need all perspectives and all and you know and and all voices in this conversation. So. Terry, just to start Can off. Can
1: I just say something about that right off the bat?
0: Yeah, please.
1: I think there, there is such a thing as sexism, obviously, and it's vicious and pervasive and operates even here in the U.S., certainly in other countries around the world. And I think it's time for men and women to stop arguing about who's got the better deal and who's the bigger victim. Women have been oppressed by men for centuries. You win, hands down. That's not the conversation I want to have. The conversation I want to have is, can sisters and brothers join hands and unite in moving beyond a system that destroys both of us and destroys the intimacy between us?
0: I'm here for that.
1: I think you are. And I think there are a lot of people, particularly young people, who are. But I think what we have to understand is that if you if you just repeat what you were given, if you just go to the defaults that were handed to you by our culture as a young man or young woman, you won't do well. You won't do well. What it means to really be intimate with each other means to go beyond traditional gender roles. Women have to open up their voices and open up your voice in loving ways, not in harsh ways. I'll talk about that in a minute. And men need to open up their ears and open up their hearts and stay, stay connected. Mm. But one of the things I talk to women about in particular is what I call soft power. And under the system we all live in, under our individualistic patriarchal system, power is power over. It's dominance. Yeah. Not power with. So because of that, you can eat now this, this takes a little brain power, ready? You can either be connected. Yes. Or you can be powerful. Mm. But you can't be both at the same time. Yeah. You can either be connected, affiliative, open-hearted, quote-unquote feminine, or you can be powerful, quote-unquote masculine, independent, dominant but you can't be both at the same time. Power Mm. is power over. Now, what women have the opportunity to do now, both sexes, but particularly women, is open up their mouths and stand up for themselves with love and not with harshness, Mm. with strength that is cherishing of the partner as well as standing up for your Can I give, I'm just on a roll. Can I give you an example?
0: Yes, yes. I have questions that are popping up. I'm going to get my little book so I can write it down because I have mom brain and my memory doesn't last. But you give us an example.
1: Okay. This is what I mean by soft power, loving power. Couple comes to my office, young, typical, no offense, stereotypical heterosexual couple. He wants sex all the time. She wants sex none of the time. And they're ready to kill each other. <laughs> so their whole relationship is we're we going to do it tonight no we're we going to do it tonight no i feel so bad i'm sorry they, that's all it is they come to me and i get like any good therapist i get them off the level of position i want it i don't i want it i want into like well what does sex mean to the two of you mm. and unfortunately like a lot of men this guy filtered almost all of his emotional needs through sex Sex meant that he was desirable, that they were in good place with each other, that she loved him. That So all this gets laid out. They come back two weeks later and they're both smiles. What happened? She said, the next time my husband asked me for sex, rather than my usual, you know, I walked over to him and I gave him a big kiss. I looked him in the eye and I said, the first thing I want you to understand is that you are so hot. Yeah. I think you are gorgeous and you are such a good man and you take such good care of me. I love you. Oh, by the way, I don't want to have sex tonight. Anyway, I love you to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: called, that's what I call the sandwich. You sandwich uh, bad news in between some good.
1: <laughs> that's good. I like that. And I call it taking care of your partner even while you're saying no to them. Love it. And uh, to this guy's surprise, he heard that, and he turned to his wife and he said, uh, "Okay." And he was fine because he'd been so loved up by her that he mm-hmm. could hear the. That. Now that's what I—that's what I mean by soft. That's an example of what I mean by soft power. Mm-hmm. I love you dearly. No. I Those love the
0: tangible power. example. I love this. Put that tool in your toolbox, ladies, because this is. That's a really beautiful tool. As you were initially speaking and saying, you know, we want to love softly. We want to express ourselves softly. I couldn't help but think that, you know, with this conversation right now, with everything that's happening in regards to Black Lives Matter, there are a lot of people who are saying to that group, like, speak softer, (laughs) say what you want to say, protest softer. And then there's this other group that's saying,
1: can i clarify that yes self-righteous indignation and fury is perfect for collective action okay self-righteous indignation and fury does not work very well in your family
0: Ah, uh, gotcha. Okay. So just for anyone who didn't know where I was going with that is this idea of like, you should protest this way. You should be like non-violent and soft in the way that you're asking for what you're, what you need. And then there's a group that's saying essentially, no, like when, if you protest in that way, you won't be heard. And who are we to say how somebody should protest or how somebody should express their emotion after being suppressed for so long. So I mean, I'm trying to understand all parties and stay open to all of it to continue to learn. And so what I w- was just curious about is how, as women, we start to express our needs in regards to equality and in regards to finding our place in the workspace and our roles as moms and as as um, working women. <sighs> without speaking up and without kind of demanding it in moments. But you're talking more specifically about a couple in a relationship at home and the dynamics specifically within that small family unit.
1: Well, I thought that's what we were talking about, about re- relationships. But, you know, I- I'll say it again. The collective voice yeah. can be a voice of outrage. The domestic voice, it, 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 that doesn't work too well. mm, mm. And they're but, different. They're different spheres.
0: They're different. They're absolutely different. Okay. And, and
1: the other thing I want to say is I, I don't want women to hold back. That's not what I'm talking about. I want you to say, boom, this is how it is. The, the sleep with another woman again and you're out of here. Right. Uh, go to AA or we're toast. I, I'm not, I'm all for firmness.
0: Right. Boundaries and yeah,
1: sure and full voice. Yes, you know I, I got I, I just adored Michelle Obama l- last night, and what in yes. what a, a symbol of strength and lovingness at the same time.
0: She's incredible, absolutely incredible, and such an amazing example for so many. Human beings both men and women.
1: Yeah, she she's she would be my icon for soft power
0: I love it. Michelle Obama channel your inner Michelle Obama. I feel like she would still Set as you said she would have firm boundaries for Brock She wouldn't be like she this is a woman who who knows what she wants But she's the, It's the way that you say it. it's the way that it comes across and that you communicate it What would you say? are the most common issues or sort of areas of tension in modern relationships today?
1: Well, the one that's killing everybody right now is kids uh, because of COVID. Uh, yes. This COVID thing has been really interesting because for single people, couples without kids, uh, older couples, it's actually been uh, kind of, uh, c- it cuts both ways relationally, because the breadwinner, or if they're two breadwinners, are home. And suddenly the rat race doesn't look so appealing. You're not in your car for an hour a day or or the train. And like the two of you have to kind of get along. (laughs) Yes. And people do, People, people are relieved from the burden of being on the rat race so much because of COVID and women in particular are enjoying the men coming home and being home. Yes. Uh, And the men are feeling less pressure to go out there to perform and enjoying being home more. So that's one strand. Yeah.
0: That's the positive.
1: On the negative, you know, it takes a village and we ain't got no village at this point.
0: (laughs) The village has been isolated to their homes. And now we've got, you know, what I'm seeing as a mom with two young kids, and we're very lucky in our home that we went for six weeks without having any childcare, but we're back in a space now where we can. But I, I know so many people who are homeschooling their kids, working their job, still playing the role at home of cooking all the dinners and now like trying to navigate the process that is getting groceries and everything. It's an impossible role. And so individuals are breaking under this new system and then therefore the relationships are strained as well.
1: Well, what it does is it brings out the best and the worst in you. (laughs) <laughs> that's what a crisis will do it brings out the best and the worst in you and the best of you is it's really nice to be home and play monopoly with my kids i haven't done that in like 10 years it, that's the best and the worst is you know i always i have always hated the way you eat your toast I've never <laughs> told you but the way you crunch that damn thing and it cuts both ways yeah one of the things is that we need two things we we, we need to cut each other some slack this is not a normal time i talk about moving from assumed bad will to assumed goodwill your partner is not an asshole or a creep most of the time everybody gets to be an asshole or creep some of the time they're okay. They're trying. This is a very difficult circumstance. Take a breath and remember that you're a team.
0: Yes. Yeah. So assumed goodwill. So in those moments where you're like, why is he eating the toast or for my husband? She's like, why didn't she put the lid on the toothpaste again? Like, why, why is that so hard? Aaron is what he's thinking. <laughs> So assume, one might
1: imagine hypothetically, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> one might imagine. Uh, so we assume, though, goodwill. We would assume that the person's trying their best. And so really, that's just taking a small pause in the moment, taking a breath. Because sometimes with our partners, like, they trigger us. And even if it's something like the toothpaste or the way he said that or whatever, it's like a visceral response that you have.
1: Yeah, I call it whoosh. W h o o s h. Whoosh comes up from the feet. Yes. Yeah. So
0: when the whoosh happens and when you're triggered by your partner, even if it's something so small that we know is so silly, like the toothpaste or whatever, wiping the counters, the way they eat their toast, is it just as simple as taking a breath and like giving yourself some space before you act? Because sometimes when we act on the whoosh, then everything gets exasperated.
1: I think on the whoosh is rarely a good idea. I talk about first consciousness, second consciousness. Mm. Your first consciousness is your knee-jerk response it has everything to do with your childhood and your family growing up that's that's the way you adapted as a child right and that's your knee-jerk response second consciousness is usually learned it's like wait a minute hold it okay she left the toothpaste off the tooth nobody's going to die here and (laughs) you, you recalibrate you get back in the adult part of your prefrontal cortex versus limbic system is the brain stuff. But anyway, yeah, we all have to do that. Yeah. You all have to uh, get recentered when we lose our center.
0: What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you speak a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Babbel's quick 10 minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that Babel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money back guarantee. Here's a special limited Titan deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash Raw Beauty Talks. Get up to 60% off at Babbel.com slash Raw Beauty Talks. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Raw Beauty Talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. Pressing pause to chat with you about something that has been an absolute game changer in my life. You may have missed it, but a couple of months ago, I made a horrifying <laughs> discovery of a tampon that had been long forgotten you know where. It was awful, but obviously I posted about it because I share everything with you girls and I was absolutely shocked to find out that so many other women had had the same experience. So I obviously went looking for alternative solutions and I discovered Body, a company that offers reusable period and incontinence proof underwear. At this point, you've probably heard about period-proof underwear, but what I love about Body is that they're the only brand with their own patented technology to ensure your safety so there's no weird chemicals in the liners. And they're 100% dependable, no leaks, eco-friendly, and cost-effective starting at only $19 a pair. Modibodi is a no-brainer, ladies. No more missing tampons, okay? With tons of cute designs to choose from and sizes from 4XS to 6XL, it really is for everybody. Our friends at Modibody have kindly offered 15% off for a limited time when you use the code RAWBEAUTY at www.modibody.com. That's rawbeauty at M-O-D-I-B-O-D-I dot com. All right, let's get back to the show. So we've been talking about sort of some more like surface level pieces that I think every relationship has where it's like, they don't make the bed or whatever. I mean, there's like a hundred little things when we're cohabitating with a human being where we could let it drive ourselves crazy. What about those like bigger underlying issues, whether that's finances or trust or, Any other big ones that you can think of where...
1: Well, sure. Uh, But listen, you know, let me say something about the small ones first. Okay. Because, you know, that unmade bed is not just that unmade bed. It's every goddamn unmade bed the son of a bitch has ever left behind (laughs) because he always does it. And he never, and he is a... That's how it works.
0: Oh yeah. I've heard that dialogue before in someone's head. Yeah. I don't know whose it was, but yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's that's how it works. We go from the particular to trend to character. It's not this bed. Suddenly it's the platonic ideal of every bed that's ever been left unmade. And he's the son of a bitch always never once you're in always and never, you're you're done. Take a breath, take a break. Right.
0: Right. Right.
1: You see, I'll tell you this. Functional moves in a relationship are moves that empower your partner to deliver for you. Think about that for a minute. Functional move in a car is a move that gets the cargo. Functional move is I want you to give me something. Yeah. What do I need to do to help you give it to me? Dysfunctional moves are moves that nail your partner into the ground and make them helpless. So if I talk about this particular toothpaste, Aaron can do something about it. Right. If I talk about this toothpaste, last week's toothpaste, the toothpaste a year and a half ago, you're more there's less you can do about it. You're more helpless. Right. If I say the reason why you do this because you are basically a slob, just like your mother, <laughs> then there's nothing I can. And here's the, here's the, the secret. The more helpless you render your partner, the dirtier the move. Ah. Uh. And the madder they're gonna get at you
0: or the more they're going to shut down or disconnect. And it goes back to that initial thing that you said of you can either have power or connection, but you can't have both, which I was just literally yesterday reading something on Instagram from Dr. Shafali about parenting and talking about in parenting, we can either correct our kids or connect to our kids. And so this is so aligned and similar in regards to our partners, we can constantly be correcting, correcting, correcting. So what would it sound like if Scott is like, extremely extremely neat he learned it from his dad who like the boys would come in the house and his dad would be like sweeping up after him so it goes all the way back like he's he everything needs to be perfect if we go look at our sinks right now it's like mine is like makeup and and face wash and toothpaste without lids on it and his is a bottle of windex and a bottle of Vim.
1: That's yeah i got it, it. got it so, love it
0: so like for for
1: well, so first of all you know what i would say to scott He's really lucky to have you.
0: (laughs) And I'm lucky to have him, I feel.
1: Well, we'll get to that. But I I always side first with the slob. (laughs) He's really lucky to have a a woman who is, uh, I'm just going to do the whole thing. So emotional, so alive, so articulate, so creative, so spontaneous, so right brain, so not like him. Did I get it?
0: Like I've got goosebumps. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or complete opposite. He's so pragmatic. He's like the Excel spreadsheet and I'm like the mind map and all the colors. And like, we're going through a renovation process right now. And he's like, there's a hundred Excel sheets and everything is analyzed. And I'm like, I needed white, the feeling <laughs> of it, like get the diffuser going. So I mean, we're learning. We've learned over time how to work with each other, and we're still learning. But it's 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 interesting in moments. It, and I do truly feel lucky to have him because I I wonder if I would just float off the ground and fly away
1: if there wasn't so you, would, you would you would you right? would that's a marital contract. He <laughs> yeah. holds you down, and you lift him up. You open him yeah. up. That's how yeah. it works between the two of you. Yeah. yeah, no, that's both your strength and your weakness, right? That's what you can glory in each other and be grateful to. And that's also what's going to drive you completely nuts. And (laughs) and when I say drive you nuts, by the way, let me say something else that people are listening. Yeah. We think of a good relationship as unbroken harmony, Mm -hmm. as bullshit. Real relationships are harmony, disharmony, and repair. Closeness, Mm -hmm. disruption, return. Uh, idealization, disillusionment, and and maturity. Mm. And when you're in that disharmony phase, that disillusionment phase, I want to reassure everybody. It sucks. It can be really bad. It can be, you know, you're saying, what about more serious? It can be the guy drives me crazy the way he butters his toast, but it can also be I'm trapped. Mm. I'm stuck here with these three kids and this God." Awful. And I talk, I've been around the US and beyond for 20 years talking about what I call normal marital hatred. (laughs) And you know what, Aaron? Not one person has ever come backstage and said, What did you mean by that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can think right now if they have some sort of idea about what normal marital hatred might be. I think, though, media, just media and our own expectations, which I guess are formed from societal beliefs around what marriage should look like, which is perpetuated by media, paints this image of it kind of looking like... You meet the person, there's fireworks, there's crazy sex, there's like some sort of drama, and then you realize your love for each other, and then you get married and you have babies, and your husband's perfect, and you're making beautiful dinners. And mm-hmm.
1: somebody, somebody murders somebody. Yeah, what? The <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, off you go into being an older couple, and like maybe there's like an affair in there or something, a plot twist for a second, and then we get together, and it's all good. But I love that you just explained this idea of normal relationship, a normal marriage is going to have those ups and downs and ups and downs, and that that is a normal part of growing and maturing in a relationship.
1: James Framo, the father of couples therapy back in the 50s, when it was assumed you were sleeping with your spouse, said the day you turn over in bed look at the person next to you and go oh my god this is a dreadful mistake Mm -hmm. i've been had this is not the person i fell in love with what am i going to do that day says framo is the first day of your real marriage
0: oh interesting
1: you see we long for gods and goddesses we want perfection we deserve perfection we don't ask Why would they be with us? But okay, we deserve perfection. What we're stuck with is a limited, damaged human being, just like us. (laughs) And, you know, that's fine in theory. But when you are the one that lives with those limitations, and you're the one that lives with the consequences of whatever that damage was, I want to tell you, the feelings are rough. And that doesn't mean you're in a bad marriage. It just means you're in a marriage. Everybody goes through it. Well, not everybody. There are exceptions. But by all, most of us go through it. And it isn't that that makes it a good or bad relationship. It's what you do with it once you get there that makes for a good or bad relationship. Yeah. How to get from disharmony back into repair. How to get from disillusionment back into connection with each other and these skills our culture does not teach go to my website and I got all sorts of skills for people to learn how to get back from disharmony into repair is where the technology is
0: I mean most of us have learned that from our own parents who had no tools themselves and (laughs) so we then do exactly what we talked about at the beginning. We repeat the pattern. We repeat the pattern. We repeat the pattern. We pass that pattern on to our kids. So, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, I would highly encourage anybody who's listening right now who's like, I want to get from disharmony to harmony or I need more tools to go look at the incredible courses that Terry has on his website. Can you give us like one or two tools or takeaways today from this episode that somebody who is – feeling like they're in their relationship and there's some disharmony, whether it's the big thing or the little thing that people can start to do in addition to taking one of your courses and actually like doing the full deep dive, which I highly encourage that people can start to kind of...
1: Here's a a little thing for people to chew on. Ready? Yeah, ready. There's no place in personal relationships for objective reality. Objective reality is great for getting trains to run on time, but it's got nothing to do with uh, uh, the relational answer to the question "Who's right and who's wrong" is "Who cares?" Mm-hmm. Who cares? I have a saying: You can be right or you can be married. What's more important? Then, and you can be right down the line and not never yield and never negotiate. Just be right, and you'll be divorced. <laughs> right is not the be-all and end-all. So stop worrying about that. Instead of thinking about, well, this did happen, this didn't happen, you said this, but you didn't say, instead of worrying about objective reality, take a breath, be generous. I talk about being emotionally generous. Mm. Open your heart, don't defend yourself, and take at least a little bit of a journey into your partner's experience. Our orientation when our partner is upset, particularly with us, is, well, what did or didn't happen, and how do I feel about it? Mm-hmm. Tray those in for, let me see if I can squeak out a couple of compassionate sentences to what they're experiencing. Mm.
0: And is that like mirroring? So when he says, well, this is what happened, then I... Actually listen. Don't just repeat what he said, but like actually listen and repeat back to him what he said So that there's some understanding like so what I'm hearing is this is how you're feeling about the situation.
1: Good, Good first step.
0: That I brrr, what never I don't I'm not living in the moment and I'm not taking care of our things by putting them back exactly where they should go What like so mirror back what they say?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then explain yourself <laughs> No, he's shaking
1: his head. Well, <laughs> no, he doesn't care about your explanation. Then you say something like, what's it like for you that uh, I continually do these things? What's What's that set off in you? Mm. That's an interesting conversation. That's a question. guess yeah. what? You're no longer adversaries just by asking that question.
0: Mm.
1: Now you're side by side looking at it together.
0: Why do I feel like, like that's hard to do? Like I,
1: because it's hard to do. <sighs> it's really, really hard to do.
0: I'm going to ask the question because it's like I get like a, a response in my body just thinking about it. Where it's like you don't want to back down, almost. Where it's like, just relax or whatever it is.
1: Well, you got to ask. I, I tell people to ask themselves this question: What is this going to cost me? Hmm. Okay, so if Scott wants one of your kids in this school and you want him or her in that school Mm -hmm. and you yield to Scott, that's costly. You don't like that school. That's a big cost, okay? Right. Okay, but if he says it really bugs me that you leave the toothpaste uncapped and instead of getting defensive, you say, you know, I can understand that might bug somebody. Tell me what it, and then you get, what, what does it actually do to you yeah what are what are the things you think in your head when you see that toothpaste? I'd like to know yeah that's a whole different ball game
0: totally different. takes the conversation in a completely different way and opens it up versus this feeling of being closed off and and constricted, which is like, no, I don't always do that, or well, why does it matter? Like that's closed off and ready to fight, right
1: versus yeah. See, we all do that. That's our first consciousness. Second, it takes a breath to relax. You can still tell the truth. I'm not talking about being a wimp. I can't be too clear about that. Think Michelle yes. Obama. Yes. Uh, you can be smooth. You can be, you can be loving while you get the thing done at the same time. Mm.
0: Okay. Amazing. I love this tip. I'm going to be practicing this for the rest of my life and the rest of my marriage. I, I feel like we have a really great marriage and yet there is still moments where we have normal marital hate for each other.
1: <laughs> and, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Yeah. I mean, it would be so boring at the end of the day if it was all just harmonious and there would be no growth in relationships if there wasn't a little friction and and there wasn't, you know, opposing ideas and, and ways of doing things. I mean, then we would just be marrying ourselves, essentially. And what's the fun in that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I often say to people, you know, what you're doing right now would work beautifully if you were married to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but it may not work so well with her. Anyway, look. The thing is, this it's like it's like walking. Balance, unbalance, rebalance. We're we're humans. We lay this trip, and the culture lays this trip on ourselves. Like it's supposed to be, you know, hot sex three times a day for the rest of your life, and nothing but you know, it's all bullshit. Relax and be a human being. Let your partner be a human being. Have your reaction to your partner's flaws. Speak up. Do yeah. what you can about it. But at, at the end of the day, be cherishing.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't,
1: don't be a big, angry victim.
0: I love that. I have uh, one more question that just popped into mind, specifically because you're a man in a relationship. If somebody who's listening feels like their relationship is a little rocky, they're not in harmony. And they want to do the work. They want to put the work in, whether that's taking one of your courses or seeing a therapist or whatever it is. They're worried about how to present it to their partner. And they're like, there's no way he would do that. He's not, or he has said he won't do that. Any tips on how we communicate with our partners, specifically our male partners who aren't necessarily raised in a culture? That encourages them yeah, yeah. to talk about this stuff and open up and talk to a complete stranger about vulnerable things. How do we any tips on how we include our partner in this journey?
1: Or perhaps well, don't. Yeah, 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 The first thing is I have a saying, men can be relational as long as they've got a gun to their heads. <laughs> it's totally true. It's it is true. totally true. It's so like I I want am here to I want women to be empowered and to stand up. I look. What women are asking for across the board is more emotional intimacy than most men have been raised to deliver. Right. Because the traditional socialization of boys stamps that out of them, whether they want it stamped out of them or not. So women want more emotional connection than most men are capable of doing, wanting to do whatever you want, skilled. The, The response to that by and large has been to back women off if all you guys were just, you know, talk softer and all the things you, you said about. I don't want women to stand down. I want men to stand up. What women are asking for is legit. I'm a therapist. I like intimacy. It's good for you, Bob. I want <laughs> to be more intimate. It will be good for your kids. It will be good for your body. It will decrease the odds of you're getting a heart attack. Listen, this is good stuff. Intimacy is good for us. It's mm-hmm. what we're designed to do with each other so take a breath and get over your socialization in boyhood which said good men you know the problem is what you learn as a boy about being a man to this day not from families but out on the schoolyard be strong be tough don't have feelings don't be vulnerable but those things will ensure that by today's standards you'll be a crummy husband that's not what women are looking for And so men need to deconstruct traditional masculinity and step beyond it to open their hearts, to learn a few words about the language of emotion, learn a few skills, and be more pleasing to their partners.
0: Mm. So when you say they'll do it with a gun to their head, obviously, that's a metaphor. But is it like, if you're not able to commit to doing this work with me, then... Like, I don't know how, we'd be, how we're in this relationship or is that too threatening and just like closing things down again?
1: No, I think, look, uh, it, it, people always ask me, how do, how do you counsel a woman to get a guy in or doesn't to go? So I'll tell you a story. It's about conviction. It's about leverage. There's a story uh, that a wilderness guy tells about a mother with a 17-year-old boy. The boy was giving her lip and it was like, you know, f- you and then he was running out the door and the mother dove for his sneakers tucked his sneakers under her arm and said you're not going anywhere i've got your sneaker now what's interesting about that story is the kid sat down what's interesting is he had other shoes in his closet mm-hmm. it wasn't the sneakers that stopped him it was her conviction that stopped him i want women to have conviction i want women to be empowered I want women to look in their partner's eyes and say, you don't seem to understand. This is really important to me. You don't want me to be miserable. I don't want to be miserable. I made an appointment at nine o'clock to be with this guy, Terry. I expect you to get your butt in that chair.
0: I love it. I love it. And then I'll be over here on the other side, helping women find that conviction in their voice. Because I think sometimes women are like, but am I the one who's doing something wrong? Or like, I don't know if what I'm asking for is too much. Or what if it, you know, what if we go do therapy with Terry and it doesn't work or we end up separated or it feels too hard. So all there's so many factors that come into play, which is why relationships are just so incredible. And we learn so much.
1: There are, you know, one of the things this, one of the things listening to you, I got it to say is if you do manage to drag the son of a gun into a therapist, You better find a therapist who's gonna back you up because a lot of therapists won't. Mm. A lot of therapists go neutral. I argue against neutrality. A lot of therapists will not take sides. In the work I do and any other, I've trained therapists all over the world. You can get a relational life therapist through my website. Uh, We take sides and we say specifically to the woman, what you're asking for is right. Your delivery sucks, but what you're asking for is right. (laughs) and we say <laughs> to the man stop fighting her and have the humility of rolling up your sleeves and learning a few things and there aren't too many therapists who will do that so find somebody who will back you up and do that
0: i love that i think it's so important to remind everyone here that even though therapy can feel really scary when you get started when you find the right therapist It is the most incredible, empowering journey in regards to elevating your life. And we only get to live one life. We get one shot at this. We get, I mean, we get a million different tries in a million different ways, but life overall, you get one shot at it. So if something isn't where it needs to be, go out there and get the tools to support you in creating the life that you want. I'm just so grateful to have you here. You are, I could, oh. I could literally spend the entire day talking to you. I find all of this so fascinating. And I hope, I hope, I hope that anybody who's listening now knows that if you decide to go to marriage therapy or therapy in general or a doctor, or whatever it is that you need in order to support yourself, you're not broken. You're taking charge of your life. You are empowered. And, you know, doing what we do in our careers and on sports teams, you're gathering the tools to show up and play this game in the best way that you can. So, Terry, thank you so much for the work that you're doing each and every day. It's super powerful. And uh, I'm incredibly grateful for the time that you spent with us today.
1: I feel very warmed by your warmth, Erin, and your enthusiasm. And uh, it's a total joy to be doing this with you. So.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Have a beautiful day. I hope you and your family stay safe during this time.
1: You too. You too.
0: And don't forget our friends at Body are offering you 15% off for a limited time when you use the code raw beauty. You can click the link in our show notes and it will take you right to their shop where they offer so many cute styles. Girls, this is the way of the future. Our underwear needs to be working for us and this stuff works, I'm obsessed.